what do you want from me? Heard you attended Blake's funeral. Why? I just felt I should pay my respects to the comedian. How'd you know he was the comedian? He broke in here a week ago. He had his mask off. He was drunk. Enemies for decades. Why should he visit you? I woke up in my bedroom, and there he was. He was upset. He was crying. Crying? The comedian? He was babbling, not making any sense. I was pissing in my pants. I thought he was going to kill me. What did he say? It's a joke. It's all a fucking joke. Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, a single malt, Glen Olivet, Glen Fittick, perhaps, maybe a Glen Gow, any Glen. I'm Ramzon. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Gentlemen, we're. Uh... Traveling back a decade, 10 years ago, uh, let's see, weekend of March 6th through the 8th, when Zack Snyder's um, Paint by Numbers edition of Watchmen came out. <laughs> he, he looked at Alan Moore's comic book and Dave Gibbons and I could put a camera that. on it, <laughs> and uh, he did just that. And I want to say that there's been a decade of growth for me, because I'd never seen this movie in its entirety, because I walked out on it on a midnight showing. <laughs> And I remembered, like, uh, I made it to the sex scene in uh, in their ship, in their uh, their owl ship, and got to the point where um, the flamethrower, flamethrower on the back of the ship, was basically your uh, ejaculation. It's a and, metaphor, uh, you see. <laughs> that was my Jerry Seinfeld throw the hands up GIF. Where I'm like, ah, eh, <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> it's late, and this is too fucking stupid. So, um, this was a semi fresh watch, uh, in the, I guess that's, I think that's like the last hour, 40 minutes. It's a long damn movie. What? Two hours and 40 minutes theatrically. Yep. Uh, I don't know if we'd kind of discussed it off mic a little bit, but, uh, which version did you all watch for this one? Standard Netflix version. I didn't rewatch it. I, I'd seen it recently <laughs> enough. To, it's so good. <laughs> oh, Josh goes over the top there. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what makes it better you find a forgotten film because watchman opened to 55 million and i, I know jerry's gonna have the final numbers here in a second but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that was its biggest chunk of change was the opening weekend the first three days but it was a big hit at least for that opening weekend then you find a forgotten film reunion which uh even in <laughs> imdb search I think there's like 12 other things named Reunion that they will suggest before you come to the 2009 independent film, which uh, released on two screens to uh, six and a half grand, $6,500 for Reunion. And it is uh, basically the Ocean's Eleven of 
asshole dudes <laughs> of Lord. pricks you've seen in other movies. <laughs> it's basically put together for like the ultimate out pricking each other uh, boardroom sequence. So, Jared, uh, I'm curious here on mm-hmm. what the Rotten Tomatoes were for both these and what they both, I guess, ended up uh, grossing totally. I'll save Reunion for a second. Uh, Watchmen, uh, 64% from the critics, 71% from the audience. It only made $107.5 million domestic after, uh, so that's what, uh, another $50, $60 million, uh, after that so first So it did half week. in the first yeah. three days. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, $130 million budget, which uh, the amount of CGI you would have, you would have guessed. Um, reunion, 19% from the critics, 25% from the audience. <clears throat> no budgetary uh, info, as you would assume, on a movie this small. $8,030 domestic. That's it. So it did over half. Mm-hmm. Way over can... half. If you're just going by a percentage basis, it killed Watchmen. So uh, a lot of show, not so much grow with these these two. I was wondering how much Josh is going to be angry at me. Uh, I know Jared is because I pimp out your letterboxed account yet again. Uh, before you get on record with us, you I get an alert from you on what you've hated uh, over the weekend. And you weren't happy, but Josh has taken me a task for the uh, forgotten films a little bit as far as <laughs> highlighting these like gems of movies <laughs> that people should have seen. <laughs> you know, way back when we, when you tossed me the the premise of this podcast, and when you when when you said it's things broken. like he's when, saying it's broken. When, when you said things like forgotten film, I thought stuff like uh, Inside Lewin Davis because I was like, okay. I mean, that's still a good movie, but it didn't get a whole lot of love. It didn't get a whole lot of attention. No, you go out of your way to find these nuggets <laughs> that... Nuggets, I like it. <laughs> there's a good reason they're forgotten films. They're, 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 there's nothing... There's no substance. All right. To be fair. So I'm looking at this. <clears throat> Watchmen is about a group of people who used to work together. Getting back together over someone's death. I don't know anything about Reunion, except... IMDb, a group of friends unites on the 10-year anniversary of the death of a friend, a member of their secret society from college. That's easy enough. That's a podcast layup, right? I see some of the people in there. I recognize their faces. It'll be fine. It'll probably be a little talky. But guess what? So is Watchmen. <laughs> Cost over $100 million. <laughs> they stand around and talk. Blue dicks out all the time. Like, <laughs> thinking of someone whose job it was <laughs> for like eight months <laughs> to be on blue penis detail for CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I know if it had been one of us, we'd been like, hey, can we get a little bit more wind in this sequence? <laughs> can we liven it up a little bit? <laughs> Why is everything so stagnant? Why does Dr. Manhattan have to be in space all the whole time? Give me something to do here. <laughs> can we throw a hula hoop in this scene? <laughs> well, if it's the Coen brothers, it, this, there would have been. Did y'all ever see the uh, the Hudsucker proxy? No, I've missed no. that one so far. There, the whole plot is predicated on the hula hoop craze. <laughs> I, when I first watched this movie, this is like way, in, way back in the like pay cable days. So it's like on HBO or Cinemax, what have you. And I'm like, I don't even think I'm a teenager yet because it came out in the early 90s. And I stumble across it probably about a half hour in. And it is like a 10 minute sequence of a small child 
with no dialogue, discovering a hula hoop after like the store owner throws them out because they won't sell, and it like rolls all the way to him like down the street. Like it watches that hula, and it gets to his feet, and he just stares at it, and it's like a minute of him just staring at it, like trying to put it together. And then he just picks it up and then starts doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the townspeople stop. <laughs> if you're wondering why I'm talking about that, it's because this week's pairing is pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, this, this may be, I'll just put it out there, this may be the worst forgotten film that I've ever uh, had the pleasure of selecting for you two, and I know that. <laughs> so, should we start with that or uh, Watchmen? Uh, Depends on how you want to end. It, I feel I, like we'll be far more positive if we save Watchmen because we'll go through reunion and then we'll be like, Watchmen's not that bad. You know, Snyder, you tried. You tried, man. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, let's just go ahead and tear into what reunion is. I'm sure you've got the uh, audience chomping at the bit. Are we actually flying 2,000 miles just to see some old school chums of yours? It's that group, isn't it? The superstar undergraduates out to change the world. And now you're convened to tell each other why you didn't manage to do that. More or less. We haven't seen each other for 10 years, but we were all once close friends, and I would hate to remember this meeting with bitterness. Dishing it out honestly among friends sounds like fun. Sounds intense. You don't want me to go? I don't want to go. What is it, Saul? Are you worried about missing the plane, or are you worried about getting there? What are you looking for, Sally? Are you guys sure you want to do this? Yes. I want to set the right tone here, so I'm going to be vicious. These people were important to you once. Very long time ago. Big boys just want to have fun. That's me, and that's what there is. It's awfully neat, Lloyd. Is it honest? Are you going to be honest? I'm proud of what I've accomplished. But? What do you mean, but? Like the sound of one hand clapping. Are you denying it? How deep are we going to go here? It's a pathologically narcissistic group, if ever there was one. Everyone in this room is trying to find something that might still make him or her important. Why? Why this obsession with mattering? So, who's winning? This is M. It's not a damn race. Really? You're not fooling anyone. You didn't 23 years ago, and you aren't now. What makes you say things like that? You guys talk about us? Oh, incessantly. Best looking, most talented, smartest, and unhappy. People who star young and burn out early. Well, who's burned out? Jake. You're about to throw your life over, you're not even sure why? We're talking failure of love, failure of dreams. Do you think those things aren't connected? We almost got someplace then, breaking it all down, but since then, guess what? Nothing's changed. All the things that make you know you're alive, make you want to be alive, that'll wake you up. Thank you all for listening. Well, Josh, you had a take on it. So uh, if you had to sell it to anyone, is there anything to hang your hat on to to get someone to, like, check this out? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I agree with you. The premise sounds good. I mean, I I was fairly intrigued. It's a big chill is what it is. I mean... You've seen movies like this. I even... I think I read a different summary somewhere else, maybe Wikipedia or something, where they had said something like they had thought, like, as college students, they would change the world or something. And, you know, part of that little society See? or whatever. Yeah. And Watch I was like, again. I was like, okay, so that sounds interesting. You know, a bunch of uh, old friends getting together and probably criticizing each other for their shortcomings of. So there's how, that. Well, there's a little bit of that. That's the problem. Um, is that they don't dive into that enough, but, uh, you know, none of these characters are likable enough. 
you get little inklings of them at first, and, and the, the movie really does kind of trick you because at first you're thinking, okay, I, I kind of see what's going on here. It's literally the, the moments before a reunion. Everybody's getting ready to travel and make their way in, and you can see some people have their reservations about it. And so there's a curiosity there. Like, okay, so, you know, it seems to be like for the fact that they used to be such close friends, there seems to be some animosity underneath the skin amongst just about all of them, like some dread of like, oh, I don't even know if I want to go to this thing or not. First, I just read that as jealousy because they all seem to be very much. There was a lot of that, like comparing, yeah. And wealth, yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, all of that was playing pretty vanilla i mean it wasn't uh it wasn't terrible i was like okay you know the meat and potatoes will be when they get together and we'll we'll really see what's going on and they even kind of start to invoke a little bit of a i wouldn't say a mystery but a, a just a a thread to try to keep your curiosity with this um uh deceased characters her name Jeannie. is that what her her name was uh janny i think Jan- okay so it it was one of their friends it was part of their circle but she's past you learn and she comes up amongst each character's conversation you know and so you're like okay so she had something you know a big role in this group and has left an impression on them uh so it it does a really good job of stoking your curiosity but man does it go nowhere and uh basically like you said it's just a bunch of jerks in a room i mean there's there's nobody once they all start airing their grievances with one another and talking um, newcomers <laughs> the tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances i got a lot of problems with you people now you're gonna hear about it you nobody's really that likable nobody's uh you can't hang your hat you can't hang your hat on any of the characters the the reason they get together, which I thought was to literally, as we said, kind of like, kind of deconstruct one another's progress through the years, and and I don't know, have some sort of moment of reflection. No, it just have all... we done everything that we set out to do? Like, have we basically yeah done, yeah done good in the world? Right, it seems to be the thing. And that was I was interested in that premise, but it just turns into this whole thing of talking about the. Uh, the I'm sorry I can't remember, the Janie character or whatever it was, and it turns into a, a big drama just of everybody blowing up over, you know, the events that led to her death and what their relationships were. And who her. had sex with her? Yeah, everybody. And none of it is interesting. None of none of it is of any importance. It's just hot air, man. It's just I don't know a stupid movie. Here, here the strangest part to me was. I mean, this movie is sanctimonious. If uh, and you know to what you're saying, Josh, it's kind of fun if they if they're all sort of have signed up for this. Like, all right, we you know in college we were idealists, and now at you know whatever point in their middle age, um, maybe they're getting together again to possibly redirect each other. Like now that you have the means to do something, like mm-hmm. are you actually doing it? I didn't realize that they were gonna, what they were going to steal from the big chill was that. Uh, Everyone having sex with each other. I did. I didn't. I thought. I thought these people were beyond that. Not that they're better than that, but that doesn't. As you're saying, the movie doesn't sell us that, and it seems like the characters aren't selling us that either. And once they get up that on the table, like her death, they just want to talk about. They want to really uh, nag on the husband, the presumably grieving husband, for not doing enough. 
for the for the woman that they all had sex with. It's it's an incredibly awkward <laughs> lecture that they're giving. Uh, okay, man. so so you know throughout the movie they keep saying she died of pneumonia, and the, the moment you're talking about is when they start calling him out, like, "Dude, who dies of pneumonia? Who stands <laughs> by and watches their spouse die of pneumonia?" And which is okay. There's there's two prongs there. It's a it's a reasonable question, but it's also like, do you berate the about grieving it. husband? No, no, no. I'm I'm going. Uh, this is the only thing I put in my letterbox review, which was, um, <laughs> it's you know, terrible movie. You'll never hear a single person talk like any of these rich assholes. Yeah, yes. But you will hear this one great line, which is, "She didn't die of pneumonia, you dickheads. She died of AIDS." <laughs> <laughs> First yeah, off, exactly. Calling them all dickheads. That I was liked. nice. That was a nice Plus, touch. Secondly, when he said pneumonia, I thought that was, I I thought that was code that they were all reading. I thought like I was like pneumonia, uh, that's AIDS. When a celebrity dies of pneumonia, AIDS is what's happened. Yeah, and so I didn't realize that was supposed to be a reveal. Like <laughs> we're gonna cut to like Mel Gibson's face. Well, well, what makes he's it telling Joaquin Phoenix to swing away? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that we have the shaky cam and that the music cues in where it's like, oh my god, it was AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> this well, came out in 2009. It also feels like this should have been like late 80s, early 90s. I was going to say, that's, well. that's late to the game for that to be like a mark of shame. Uh, that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying people like necessarily wear it with a badge of honor, honor, but we're kind of beyond that whole, the AIDS scare and the, it even having certain connotations if you have it, because there's so many ways a person can get mm -hmm, it, you sure. know? So, uh, to me, that was I agree. That was that was really odd. But the, the kicker for me was the uh, the couple of women that were like, uh, you know, the whole time they had they had been berating him the whole time as well. Like, yeah, how did you let her die of pneumonia? And then after he was like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, didn't you guys read between the lines? I mean, pneumonia, come on. I mean, that I'm like, just five seconds ago, you were yelling at the dude too. So it's. I don't know. Don't woman explain to me, says Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that means. You didn't know. I I uh I knew, but I I thought they were you know I didn't realize that uh, AIDS was going to be treated as a big twist here. I, I strange movie, just a strange strange that's that, you know. And then spoiler alert for it, it ends with them all watching as this <laughs> widower possibly gets to screw someone else that looks a lot like his wife. Yep. I, I don't know what was accomplished here. I don't know what these, these titans of industry, what <laughs> playing matchmaker or they're just approving of him getting his groove back. Strange. They are all, you know, labeled as these, um, super intelligent, like they all had the ability to go out and make something. So and most, I mean, they all have like pretty good professions. I don't think any of the characters are like down on their luck. In terms of like, I was being waiting for one of them to say I'm a grave digger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and like you said, the way they speak, I mean, it's not only is it unrealistic, but if you ever met anybody like that, you would say, okay, they are speaking very intelligently, so they must be smart. Uh, they are all idiots, you know. It's like, okay, so you were part of this um, society in school, and apparently you you all were like, super successful through life, but it does not reflect in <laughs> the people that you are. Uh, the conversations they have in that that boardroom are ridiculous, and then leading up to what you said, like <laughs> them gathering around that restaurant window, watching the 
the main guy. What was his name? Uh, da, 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 Jake, I guess. Um, and the Jake Dickhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leader of the Dickheads. And uh, whoever the new girl is, he's dating. Like, yeah, they watch them walk off in the distance, and <laughs> it's kind of like, pathetic. They're all like, "I tell you what, we don't have. We don't have that." It's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm talking what? about the the chick. He's just kind of been seen for a couple of months. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> some of you are married. What's wrong with you, uh, Jared? I, I assume you would take great offense to this because it feels, I mean, pretentious is one thing I saw extremely. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it also feels like it, like it wants to play it both ways. You want to see these these rich assholes acknowledge they're rich. Acknowledge they could do something and then be impotent to do anything. And then at the, like the smallest thing, like Josh said, just said, like going out on like a date with someone you've been seeing. They're like, I have millions of dollars, but if only I had a intern that I was banging. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 So stupid. Like I, I, I was with you guys. Like I was on board for this roast. Like I'd love to see like you know these uber intellectual types go to, go at each other and like pick each other apart as far as like you know what where they're failing at life. Like this, you got this one guy, this Donald Trump. They're like, you're a fucking bore, dude. You have not grown at all. All the money, and you're still a fucking dumbass. And I was like, yeah, get him. Like, and they find <laughs> use like his hair, Jared. <laughs> I don't That's like anybody's hair. hair so. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you get like one or two roasts, in, and then dude starts throwing uh, vegetable plates at everybody, and <laughs> you like that too. I mean, I did, but I was like, okay, we'll roast each other some more. It's like, oh, we understand. It was a hard job nursing your wife with AIDS, and then he goes on about you didn't see her skin fall off, you didn't <laughs> heal, heal her in sores. It's like, oh god. Oh my god. I don't want to make a judgment on uh, the writer and director is Alan Ruska. I don't. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. There's probably some sort of like you know way to get the phlegm in my throat to like pronounce that, but yeah, um, he. I, I mean, I don't know his background. But if you're, it sucks. I looked at it. There's nothing there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm a, I'm just operating on the theory of write what you know. So like, even in the Big Chill, which is considered a classic, uh, one of the characters is a movie star. So it's like the screenwriter, in some regard, is putting versions of themselves or their friends in this movie. They're not all some sort of blue collar workers, right? So in some regard, I can respect that because it's like, well, okay, we're not trying to fake it, right? So. And I'm sure these people, especially if you have that degree of wealth, if they, as Jared said, if they want to roast each other, for the audience, it should be fair game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, t- take everyone down a peg. Like, because it doesn't ultimately matter. They're going to have pretty good lives after after mm-hmm. this. But <laughs> the way they choose to attack one another, <laughs> it, to what end? Like, I, I keep coming back to what, what do each of the individuals want from the other ones to be doing that they're not doing or that they can't do themselves? Cause if they're all equally in the same tax bracket, they could just do it yeah. if they want to. It's not like one of them is incapable and the other one can't like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm left wondering like, here. okay, were you guys even really friends? Because they just pretty much <laughs> show up like 
you know, weapons loaded, ready, like, okay. It does, it does seem like whenever they've had meetings, it was just to challenge each other to this weird... Uh, pseudo intellectual fight Which, club. You know, maybe pre growth wise, <laughs> that's good. Maybe it's kind of like iron sharpens iron. You're you're going to mm-hmm. you know you're 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 going to kind of challenge people to step up to the plate. But when you're talking about post game, <laughs> like look what you did with your life. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's not, and it's not even being done in an air of like I challenge you to do do you know I challenge you to do better. It's just. Uh, picking at one another it's basically just saying <laughs> what like, a dumbass you've been <laughs> <laughs> yeah. especially when ultimately all they seem to be concerned about is this one woman that they all had sexual relations with and had a crush on and they're mad at the husband for not keeping her alive as some sort of sex doll it, it's like, <laughs> i'm it telling is, you it is a strange reveal at, at the end of this that that's that's their ultimate concern that they've not moved past and there is one of the characters that says that i believe one of the like significant others that sort of points that out but none of them act on even that information. Well, and even the girl that they supposedly say looks like her and stuff, like, she kind of rips into all of them at the end. Like, this isn't healthy. I mean, she is the one sensible character. She's like, I don't understand your all's infatuation. But she's still down for her. Yeah, she's still hanging out. I mean, I think I would have probably left old dude once people said, like, uh, yeah, you look just like her. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of that in uh, Watchmen that, God help us, is handled with, <laughs> like, compared to Reunion, it's probably the only time I would ever say that Watchmen handles some of its plot developments with a degree of grace. And in, in this instance, I'm talking about the Silk uh, Spectre character, who is the daughter of a rape victim that we see in flashback, who then later... I forgot this was also like a big twist in Watchmen. That, that in the movie, it's not revealed till I guess after I walked out that Doctor Manhattan like gives her the insight to know that she is the product of her mother's attacker. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. but after the attack, like after the attempted assault, her mom then goes back and had a sexual relationship with this man. <laughs> Only compared to reunion, do do any of these like dialogue exchanges work? <laughs> Because first off, I don't really know if I'm just watching the movie and not reading. And this is the one time, like when the film came out, I made the mistake probably of rereading the comic. Like I was getting hyped for the movie to come out. And so uh, I was more closely aligned with like deviations from the book or when they were doing the exact same line readings, but mm-hmm. it had a different connotation. Like music here is God awful, like all <laughs> over the place. Like the, the, did either one of you ever see gross point blank? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's about a 1985 high school reunion where the love interest is a DJ who is playing all the popular songs from when they were in high school. So it has a reasoning behind them hearing it and it's acceptable. And I will here. Zack Snyder is, is that DJ to hit you over the head? Like this is the eighties. This is the eighties. Hey, do you know this is the eighties? Hey, here's 99 red balloons. They're on date. <laughs> this is the eighties. I'm like, would you please for the love of God, stop. Would you stop? <laughs> like we Wait. get it. We see Nixon in his horrible like makeup. <laughs> you mean, there's an eighties song about a nuclear disaster and I'm making a movie about an eighties nuclear disaster. Oh my God. Let's do it. <laughs> I think I'm more forgiving than you are in some of that. Now, now I'll tell you what I had more trouble with was just some of the tone of some of the song selections. The main one being like, uh, and more uh, more intelligent movie buffs would scoff at me for not knowing, but the 
It's from one of the war movies, the classic war movies. The da 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 I don't know if it's like Torah, 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 or something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm way <laughs> off base. Josh. But, uh, 65 years old here. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, Day can't go by without a Torah, Torah, Torah reference. <laughs> well, my, my thing is, is that back when that song was originally used, that was probably like action music, but it's been used in such goofy ways so many times. Might as well be a commercial. Yeah, might as well be it has been. Song. It has been in numerous commercials. So like seeing it in that context, it just turns into a chuckle. Like, I don't know why I'm hearing this when I see this giant blue man on the screen, like killing everybody. Um, and even the uh, Hallelujah song during the set. Scene. I'm like, that. that's uh, not making me feel good right now. <laughs> So I agree with you in some context. I don't mind like the '80s reference; that didn't bother me. But the, some of the tone of some of the song selections, like it's too on the nose, and also it just doesn't set the right tone. It it, it might thematically be working for what you're going for, but it sets a terrible tone. Well, yeah, it's like bad songwriting lyrics where you just flat out say, like, <laughs> instead of you know saying "I love you." All sorts of artists find different ways to say that. You just have a really creepy song, then Watchmen is guilty of that the film where it's just, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's like <laughs> Buddy the Elf is like directing this movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I will say it was better my second time watching, but I also watched it in pieces, which I guess fits because I think later this summer, HBO's coming out with a Watchmen television series, so set in that world. Mm hmm. Um, watching this more like a miniseries, which a lot of people wanted it to be. They wanted it to be an HBO miniseries instead of a movie. It may have actually worked better that way, because I, I didn't find myself hating it as much when I was watching it in six parts. Well, you know, the graphic novel, like, I'll backtrack. I I hadn't read it at all, and then when I heard the movie was coming out stuff, I bought it and read it right before it came out. Um, It's certainly like a... I'm, I'm not, I don't mean it's like it's a, it's not a huge graphic novel, but it's big enough that you're not going to necessarily sit down and read it in one r sitting unless you you know going to spend a day or a day or two doing it. But uh, it's a little dense. Yeah, yeah. And so just like the reading experience, it would probably work better in that type of chapter type viewing experience because it. I mean, you're cracking jokes at it like being talky and stuff, but I mean that is the source material. It is a it is a more talk talkative type piece it's not like super action all the time superhero story that's what makes it different than your standard comics but handling it in like a miniseries would have probably made it more easy to digest than trying to sit down for like a over two and a half hour movie i think only in one, one segment of the movie works and that's when it is it doesn't have to avoid the trappings of the talkiness of the comic, which is the Dr. Manhattan segment of the movie, which is like an entire chapter, mm -hmm. entire issue. Yeah. His origin story, because it's just his voiceover, and you just see a lot of stuff happen. You see his life story, basically. Yeah. I prefer the stillness here. I am tired of Earth. These people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives.
they claim their labors are to build a heaven, yet their heaven is populated with horrors. Perhaps the world is not made. Perhaps nothing is made. A clock without a craftsman. It's too late. Always has been. Always will be. The uh, Rorschach stuff also being like the private investigator, his dialogue, since it's voiceover, I think works. Yeah. But it is my favorite stuff. Yeah. It is. It is when people just stand and look at each other in this in these ridiculous outfits and are having I mean, I never until watching this movie full felt like Watchmen by Alan Moore was such like an emo song like this. I felt like, man, this is like dashboard confessional coming out through my tv like this is like these people are emoting on a grand scale about like you know it's almost in the world (laughs) like maybe we should have sex to hallelujah (laughs) 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 or like did i ever tell you who your real father is you should apologize to your mother like a lot of it is really heavy-handed and it is it's the end of the world fine but i think the movie (laughs) because you're taking it that big lump it makes me like side more with the comedian than I think I'm supposed to just cause I'm like, geez, can someone just get in here and just like get drunk and like laugh at it and be like, man, we're all going to die soon. And of course I know Jared was probably really into him. He goes to like this, his arch nemesis and goes and weeps on his bed and probably terrifies him more than he ever terrified him by being the scariest thing. <laughs> scariest thing you could ever. Drunk, just weeping. <laughs> oh. oh goodness. I just think we've seen with a lot of Zack Snyder's work that he is just a bull in a china shop. There's no sort of nuance to whatever he does. Like we should have known that, you know, whenever 300 came out and it's like, well, this is extremely over the top, but you know, it's fun enough. It fit his sensibilities. It fit his sensibilities. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the type of film that he needs to do, but there's a lot of, themes and uh ideas going on in Watchmen that where I look at is like you handed the keys to the wrong person, sir. That I See, not that I, it was No, no go, I'm sorry, finish your thought. I'll say not that it was an absolutely terrible experience. Like I <clears throat> you know, older and wiser, I, I was a little bit easier on it than I was ten years ago, but I just don't think he has the chops to uh, appropriately um deliver what was in the comic book. I agree with that assessment of Zack Snyder as a whole. Mm. But, um, yeah, I've always been a staunch defender of 300. Because I, I feel like there's been a, a little bit of backlash because of the, just the general Zack Snyder backlash. That people mm. try to act like that's not a fun movie anymore. And I'm like, oh, it's no, fun. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're just retroactively hating on mm-hmm. it now. But, I mean, I think that film, it is what it should be. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Um and I don't think I've I've made it clear enough probably this episode, but like I actually like Watchmen the the movie. I I was a pretty big defender of it when it came out amongst you all because I think it was usually it was decently well regarded, right? I mean, amongst the general public. I mean, I know it wasn't sixty sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't hated or anything. All kinds. What was of, the reunion, Jared? Nineteen or nineteen percent. Yeah. That, no, that's no, it's that's no reunion it's no reunion yeah there's multiple um, like five star reviews on letterbox of uh, of watchmen there's all kinds of them but amongst us and some of our other friends i, I do recall that most of you all disliked it and i, I was kind of like one of the lone people i felt like that amongst us that enjoyed it 
and he loved it so much he didn't watch it again for mm-hmm. this podcast. Fantastic movie. I hate that's, it. That's a little bit of a misnomer <laughs> because the reason is, is that I actually I own it. I have like that long extended version with the... Uh, How dare you play that well actually card with me, sir. The, actually. Well, <laughs> what is it? The uh, Black Cell? Or what's the pirate the story? The Black Freighter. That... Tales of the Black Freighter. Yeah, yeah. They have that peppered throughout it. I've actually sat down and watched it numerous times. So I just didn't have a need to watch it again for the podcast. Uh, I, I, but <laughs> I, let, let me interject this. Let me interject this. <laughs> let me I watched, that. <laughs> I watched Reunion earlier in the week. And I had some time like to kill today. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I will put Watchmen in just to kind of like... Get the flavor out of my mouth from reunion, and just you know, get get a get a different get taste. Pneumonia out of your mouth. Yeah, type. that's right, that's right. But uh, I, I don't know. I, to me, I don't fully understand the the all out hate on this movie. I can understand if somebody just said like, oh, "I didn't care much for it. It just didn't do nothing for me." But um, the I fact the psycho effect that we talked about the psycho remake, it, like this being put up there with like the Dark Knight Returns. As like the the two like comic bibles, as far as like these are the, mm-hmm. the two that define the you know the industry from the mid eighties on. Sure, like those yeah. are the two. I think it's that because uh, I you know Jerry brings up three hundred. I think if that had just been a mediocre movie, I don't think anyone's as up in arms no. about like how could they <laughs> they they ruined three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much nuance to this. Like <laughs> we will fight in the shade. How could they get that wrong? <laughs> Which. <laughs> I'll admit that's probably a, a bigger bullseye to hit with something like three hundred as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the other the other thing I kind of come up to bat for is like, yes, he made a movie that was almost literally like frame by frame, exactly like the comic, and that was a big criticism for a lot of people. And I can agree if like you're like you know what it probably would have worked better if he had actually done some adapting move to... the camera <laughs> right, <laughs> move it right. a bit sir but there has been so much like flack with so many movies where fans were like they changed it mm-hmm. they changed it and it's like uh you know what this was a nice experiment in the sense of like he gave everybody the exact <laughs> the exact frame by frame this is now exhibit a yeah like remember when yeah <laughs> they did like you said mm-hmm. and then you know it being the internet they're not going to retract their statement no that no. should be no. you know Right. I had a question for you because this is the, the biggest thing I had as far as our, our premise because uh, there's no sense in debating which of these two deserved more attention. Uh, Reunion, as I said, I think is the worst thing we've watched for this podcast, which we've had some we've had some doozies in here. So that's saying something. Uh, yeah. Uh, my biggest change was the character that I was most interested in because I'm pretty sure that as a, uh, you know, reading the, the comics – it's Rorschach, which I think is probably going to be most people because he's he's if there is a main character, he's the, the main character, especially in the comic. As far as he's the one investigating, he's the one that's tying in and introducing the various characters to each other. Because he's also undercover through a lot of the movie or, or even the book, uh, he is privy to like the whole story. So it only makes right, sense right. to kind of make him mm-hmm. the narrator. Yeah. Uh, when I watched the movie the first time and walked out, um, Dr. Manhattan, as I said, that origin sequence, I was like, that actually worked. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked Billy Crudup as the, the voice, uh, when he is, you know, in human form briefly, he's there. And I felt like they got the, uh, sort of the, the clock maker element that his concept of time I thought was interesting. I actually kind of want a little bit more of that. So if this had been a miniseries, I would mm-hmm. have like a deep dive into that. 
<laughs> but watching it this time around, my favorite character by far was was Night Owl. Of course, of course, <laughs> I knew. <it. laughs> Say the one character to show his bare ass on screen, of course. <laughs> With no shame, nope. no shame either. Just standing there, like, in standing the middle, there, just... sitting there thinking, and it's like she's like, "You all right?" And he's just <laughs> there's not even a concern. I'm in the tired world. of being afraid. <laughs> His flabby flesh is out there for the world to see. Not a cool character. He's the impotent one. Can't 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 get it up for this uh, this hot woman uh, until they're in costume. Although that kind of makes sense. I kind of I, I kind of it. understood. Yeah, I understood when you see the costume. <laughs> Um, I feel like he's the only one, like in the cinematic version, that feels like a real person. And I guess he is supposed to be. If there isn't every man in their superhero group, he's the one that he still likes the i ideal of it of what they were trying to accomplish. But he understands the realities, the practical realities of like obeying the law, and that like their time has passed. Uh, he's the one still hanging on, still visiting an older guy involved in the superhero game. Wrote books about it, reminiscing. Uh, he's the one that goes off on Rorschach. <laughs> Basically, people are afraid to disagree with you because they think you're a lunatic who's like going to kill you, like you're going to kill everybody if we disagree with you. And then Rorschach, like, is of course masked, saying they're silent. And when you're watching the movie, that scene really works because if you don't know, you're like, is he about to like kill Night Owl? <laughs> and it's actually Night Owl who, and the way I read it, because it's Patrick Wilson, he plays a great befuddled man like he in many movies there's a movie called little children that actually has both of these actors the actor who plays rorschach and him are the two main hmm. dudes in it really good movies i think it was my favorite movie of 2006 so check it out if you can but he just has a great bruce willis sort of like oh shit face but you remove the ego of bruce willis where he's supposed to be like the superhero or the god of that movie he is genuinely the everyman and so when he tells rorschach to like hey won't you shut the hell up like stop being so crazy there's a beep of silence and he's like i'm sorry dude i shouldn't talk to you that way we're friends like, and I, don't, I don't even read it like i think most films and filmmakers would play it like he's corrected himself because he genuinely was afraid of rorschach but he corrects himself because He's just like that decent of a dude. Like that wasn't nice, was it? I shouldn't have said that. I, I should, that's totally out of my character. Why'd I say that to you? <laughs> and the most he gets out of it is like an awkward handshake from Warshak that he was the one that wants to break of first. Like, all right, that's enough touching with this like absolute psychopath who I've seen like kill people left and right in front of me for fun. Nidal by far is the one that <laughs> I, I think you should aspire to be. He's a decent dude. Uh, gets the girl, gets to play with the gadgets again. Calls Dr. Manhattan and uh, Ozymane Dias like shit heels and assholes. <laughs> What's not to like about him? I don't, I don't know why Josh was scoffing at me for liking Night Owl so much. I'm not his, scoffing at all about punch. It's not got, got anything to do with Night Owl. It's just, I know it's mm-hmm. because of your infinite love of Patrick Wilson and his, and his nervous looking face. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he's in the goggles, <laughs> the, the, the leather, like he stepped off the set of like Batman and Robin, just seeing that, like that. What are we doing here? Look, I, to me, <laughs> maybe I'm reading too much into it. I wonder if Patrick Wilson was acting or he's just like, Jesus, what, what is my life now? <laughs> what are we doing here? Sorry, I'm not as cool as you, Josh. I'm not some like gritty nihilist in a Rorschach test with a mask and killing animals left and right and... I don't know what Jared's doing. Probably don't say Osmond Dias. Don't. No, he's don't Silk Spectre. 
I was going to go with weeping on uh, enemies' beds and such. I'll, <laughs> the be, I'll be the comedian. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> got this weird Batman villain with like deformed like elf ears, mm. and he wakes up and pulls the covers up closer to him because <laughs> this giant drunk <laughs> bawling his eyes out. <laughs> A lot of co- a lot of comparisons there. <laughs> uh, so if you're interested, uh, if you get a chance, you should definitely room with Jared. Get some comedian <laughs> stories. <laughs> oh, you actually have some, yeah. Or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I pulled the blanket up closer. I had the Patrick Wilson face. Like, what am I doing with my life? How did I end up here? And is he going to kill me? Am I going to die? Ain't got nothing for you, son. <laughs> <laughs>